Craft Beer Radio, episode 234, on January 12, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio with judges Greg Weiss and Jeff Baer. Today we judge five beers. Who will win? Who will lose? It's your choice. It's our choice on Craft Beer Radio. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that <laughs> early People's Court theme song there. Uh, we got some beers tonight. Some beers from Texas that my buddy Dave brought up, you know, from last time. And then a few other beers uh, to mix it up a little bit. All right. So first we have, uh, we're going with the wheat first. This is from Rar and Sons from Texas. This is their summertime wheat. It's a German-style Hefe. 5.2% alcohol by volume. 19 IBUs. The color they call gold. I would probably agree with that. Hopefully the name isn't um indication that it, we should have drank it a long time ago. <laughs> it is their summertime uh, seasonal. So I will say that. Malted with two-row wheat, rye, and carahel. So it's got a lot of different malts in there. Uh, it is hot with uh, ooh, magnum. Magnum only. That's... Interesting. Probably not a not lot a of lot, late, yeah. and probably not a not late edition. Probably all early edition hopping. Okay, so the first thing I smelled actually was uh, a little bit of a hoppiness, but then the the grassy came mm-hmm. through. Grassy notes, uh, sort of a green grass, green wheat, not uh, mm-hmm. not yeah, dry. There's, there's definitely a you know, there's different ways that we can come across, and this one definitely smells more like a pasture or a field, yes. right? Instead of you know a bucket full of grains, right? This smells more like the field, like the chaff and stuff, and the or air, you wind can yeah, blowing. There's and, some that can smell kind of hay-like, you mm-hmm. know, not you know not like farm-like, but just like a bunch of hay. But this definitely, yeah, yeah, pasture. You smell freshness here. There's a little bit of of banana. If the banana had any character. In particular, it almost smells like maybe like those those um, what are those called? Those movie peanuts or whatever. Those you know, artificial. There's a little bit of artificial circus peanuts. Circus peanuts, yeah. So a little bit of um, artificial banana flavor. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't mean as a pejorative, but that's kind of like just from the smell. That's the kind of banana I'm smelling. That right. concentrate. Well, it is an artificial banana essentially, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it's a chemical that's very similar to. Uh, the aroma and flavor in bananas, mm-hmm. but it's not the exact same. So, right. <laughs> so it's it's not at all bad to say artificial banana. I think it's generally not the most gourmet of flavors. Mm. Is why I was wanted to say I didn't mean it as a pejorative. Yeah, lots of good flavor on here, nice and creamy, and you get. Hmm. Let's see, wow, that's there's there's something more. Um, there than than normal. There's something kind of distinctly sweet going on. Mm-hmm. Um, a little uh, a little bit like maple syrup almost, just on, okay. on the edges. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, no wheat beer is not all wheat, right? It's yeah. generally well, is it two 50, row wheat rye? 50, yeah, it's generally fifty percent or more. But you know, you can have a wheat beer, German style wheat beer with more barley in it and and you know you imagine, you know, some what 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 did you say in there? Was there two row wheat, rye and carrot hell. 
Oh, so you got the rye, which is going to give it a more of a, you know, bready type, you know, loaf of bread mm-hmm. thing instead of lemongrass, which would be interesting. Um, and then Strong I, clovey notes, I was too. kind of thinking that maybe the two row could be something like a Maris Otter or something like that instead of, you know, you know, American Pale. But but the rye could be messing with me there, too. Not knowing there was rye, I was going to suggest Maris Otter. Mm-hmm. But I think that we're getting also uh, some strong clovey notes, some strong phenolic cloviness, too, which is mm-hmm. affecting the flavor as Do well. they mention the yeast at all? They don't. Okay. This did win... Uh, the best of the Southwest Rockies in the 2007 and 2009 United States Beer Tasting Championships. Okay. So. Because, yeah, uh, you know, for these wheat beers, the yeast gives off most of that banana clove flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of it. And um, it has a nice flavor, too. It's not too potent. There's a little bit of clove. And I would say this one's still a banana forward. You know, of the of if you had to pick the two camps of Hefeweizen, this one's a little more banana forward, but but it's it's also not a blowout. It, it, there's competition going on between yeah, the I, two. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would agree with you there. I I think this is more uh, phenolic than it is um, ester heavy. Okay, and I think that uh, you're getting. I, th- I think it, it could be just the interplay with the malts and and the yeast notes, but you're definitely getting more. To me, at least, my my phone. Let me. That was this after it's had time to sit on my tongue. So let me try a sip. There's a little, it. there's a little spiciness in the flavor. And first, I thought it was a hoppiness, but the more I drink it, I think it's the rye that's uh, mm-hmm. coming through. There's a little spiciness in the in the malt in the bread, and it's interesting because it's not very often that you're picking out rye type character in a in a German wheat. No, I think this is. I think this is really. I'm really enjoying this a lot, and I think the reason why is because it is, it's not your uh, prototypical uh, Hefe. It's not your, you know, this is this is a standout version of exactly what you want. But it's 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 different enough that it gives you something that you don't usually get, and that combination mm-hmm. is really impressive. And uh, if if they all taste like this one, and I don't see any reason why they shouldn't having it being an award winner and all that, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend people try this one out. This is very, very good. I'm trying to think if, you know, six months ago, you know, what, what you know, minus six months might do to the flavor of this beer. It might be, I don't know, it's hard to it, say. It might limit, if there was like a Magnum hop signature, it might lower it that. Might, it would definitely do that. The hops would fall out. Um, I'm wondering if, it might seem a little more bright. I'm wondering if with the yeast in there for six months, if it's going to be a little more like if that, if like the lemongrass that we normally get, I wonder if that's mellowed. I wonder if it would be more bright and and grassy if it was a fresher beer, but it's hard to, it's hard to really speculate that, but that would be my first guess. If you know, drinking this fresh versus now January, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I'm, I, I guess, you know, it's one of those things that we can't stress enough is that uh, how you treat the beer, how long it's been out there, all these things affect the beer. Beer is, is very much a living product. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's very susceptible to all these things. What we got here? We got another Rar and Sons. That was really good. And this is our Amber Lager with the ever so pleasant name of Buffalo Butt. Buffalo Butt. Everything it's cracked up to be. 
so apparently here's the backstory. Uh, legend has it that back in the 1840s, a group of cowboys, blah, 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 uh, when one of the cowboys said a nice cold beer was the only thing that could make him forget the off... I mean, I need to drink the, the off-viewed sight of a buffalo's butt. The local brewmaster laughed and vowed to create buffalo butt beer. To commemorate the posterior of the prairie's most majestic beast. <laughs> this is an amber lager. 4.5%. Uh, so this is, you know, it's pretty sessionable. 25 IBUs. They call the color amber. They're not very specific on their colors. Hop with uh, another magnum and strissel spalt. That's a new one. At least to... to I mean, I'm sure it's... Mm-hmm. Use other other places, but it's the first time I think I've read Strissel Spalt off of a hop list for a beer. Malta with two row melanoidin, caramunich, and carafa special two. So the carafa special is probably what gives it most of its uh, darkness. Although melanoidin probably gives it some darkness too. It um, that's it pretty much. Oh, uh, we normally drink in. Uh, fluted or tulip glasses we're drinking in pint glasses today. Just the worst possible glass, but, you know, gotta go back to your roots sometime. These are mm-hmm. just shaker pints. Um, Strizzle Spalt hops are one of the few varieties from France. And the other France. varieties from the country include Alisere, Frisserone, de Bourgogne, and Tarif de Bourgogne. Strizzle Spalt is a natural variety grown mainly around Strasbourg. Okay. It has a good smell to it, don't it? Hmm. Let me shake it up so I'll see if I can get some more. I mean, you know, when you read the, the Amber Lager tagline, you know, the style, that's generally the, the the especially in Texas, that is that's your Shiner Bach clone, right? That's the beer sure, you're sure. that's the beer you're doing for the people that would like to drink Shiner Bach. But when you smell... So I wasn't expecting to be, you know, assaulted on the nose with a delicious um, caramel and bready aroma. It has a really nice aroma going on. And there's there's a little... I don't know if maybe that's a little bit of spicy continental hop in there, too. There's definitely something... Vaguely spicy, vaguely reminding me of uh, almost chilies. Oh, like yeah, almost like a. Well, that's the other thing, you know, being an amber lager. Maybe they were going the Vienna lager route. Maybe they were going, you know, those Mexican, you know, Germans, you know, the Vienna lager. Maybe they're going that route, the the Negro Modelo. So that could be. Once we taste it, maybe we'll get a better idea. Yeah. Whether it was supposed to be, you know, a Scheinerbach, um market share thing or whether it's a Vienna Lager thing. Uh, this Tristle Spalt uh, is a one-to-one alpha-beta ratio and the alpha contact content is only 3-5%. to 5%. It's a very low cohumulone hop measuring at 20-25%. to 25%. Um, All oils are moderate except for the exception of a pharmacine oil which barely registers. <laughs> Well, if you ask me, and you're drinking now, so you'll have your thing. This is definitely a Shiner Bach beer. 
This is not a Vienna lager. At least it's not sticking out in nearly the same way the summertime mm-hmm. wheat did. It's um, uh, considerably milder on the flavor. There's a little bit of uh, bitterness that's coming through at the end, a little, mm, a little bit of a kind of vaguely spicy kick, but it's a pretty mild beer. It's something that is is almost certainly there to compete with Shinerbach. Reminds it's... me of. Um, uh, uh, what's the brown now? Newcastle. Feels a little aqueous. Feels uh, mm-hmm. a little less than than fully flavorful. There's um. There's some these, the aqueous is is interesting. There's definitely like a water bubble surrounding mm-hmm. all the flavor. Um. So it seems I don't know. It's it's interesting. It, I call it aqueous. I would hesitate to call it watered down, right? Right. It's, yeah. Well, th- well, that that's our that's our way of sort of describing a mm-hmm. beer that has, like you said, there's a water bubble around mm-hmm. it. it. It feels like there. It feels like there. Sh- you should be tasting more, mm-hmm. but you're tasting a little less than than you. But should. it doesn't taste watered down. But because, it does, yeah, because typically, if you imagine a watered down beer, like the astringency will like dominate, you know, yeah. those kind of things, and and really that's not the case here. So that's. I mean, yeah, there's I think decent I'd... malt flavor. I think the hops are playing a little role there, which is kind of fascinating. I'm really digging into it, trying to put some words to it. But really, it's a malt-forward beer, so it's going to be hard to really yeah. describe the, the hops too much. But there's there's a certain nuance that I'm wondering if it's that hop, but... I think as you drink it too, I think it's you know this is meant to be kind of a session you know a sessionable mm-hmm. beer at four point five. It's meant to be something that you can drink a couple of, and the 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 flavor does build as you keep sipping it. So it's not something that the flavor just goes away. It doesn't totally end completely dry. There's still some it ends kind of wet, and that flavor is building. And I think if you drink it quickly, you'll you can have two or three of these, and you won't be totally messed up. And you'll probably taste more and more of it as it goes along. At the same time, I think you kind of you you lose some of the malt forward stuff as the bitterness comes in. So it's it's almost a trade off. You're you're getting more flavor out of it by drinking it more and more, but you're losing the the parts mm-hmm. that are I think the better parts of the beer. As you drink it more, and more. Yeah, you're right. It, it's definitely getting more bitter, and um, you know, for that Shiner Bach drinker, it might seem pretty bitter. Yeah. actually, it's reminding me of some of those, you know, sessionable pale ales. You know, where they just have a little bit of malt, but really the bitterness is what lingers, and that's kind of what this is reminding me. And this is, you know, an amber lager, but yeah, the bitterness is certainly taking hold sip after sip. And so what I'm tasting now in on on the dry part of of my mouth is is a combination of kind of a grapefruit pith with uh like a, a wheat bread aftertaste a combination of both of those but the grapefruit pith is start is really starting to dominate. So I would say there are better amber lagers out there. Get the summertime wheat if you can from Roar and Sons. Don't get beers named after Buffalo Behinds, I guess, is the moral of that story. Let's do the last uh, Rar and Sons that we have out for today. This is the Rio Blanco Pale Ale. So, um, 
Did you say this was Rarn? This is real. This is oh, real um, ale. It, it is. Yes. <laughs> this is not Rarn Sons. <laughs> Uh, this is the real ale, real Blanca Pale Ale. It's a gold medal winner in the 2010 Great American Beard Festival. So I'm looking forward to this one. I've already had one of these. I know what I'm expecting. So. Uh, it's They call it a uniquely Texas interpretation of an English-style pale ale. There's really? your marketing I mean, oh, speak. That, that. I disagree with the marketing speak. I don't think this tastes like a, your English-style pale ale at all. Oh. Well, does it taste like a uniquely Texas interpretation? <laughs> no, it doesn't taste like it came from Texas either. Uh, Zot's hops uh, are the hopping stuff, and the ABV is 5.3%. Alcohol by uh, IBUs 26, and original gravity 12.5 Play-Doh. Beautiful the, golden clear beer. It's a little bit darker than golden. It's uh, it's kind of bronze. Ooh, getting fancy. Mm. Okay, so... Smells pale ale like it's. <laughs> that's not a very good description. I apologize. Does that, remember it has the Zotz hops, right? So what I'm smelling is a spicier, you know, um, hop. It, but it doesn't really smell like a pilsner, or if it anything, doesn't smell like an IPA either. It, it's um, if anything, see the aroma. I'll have to take a sip, but um, if I remember correctly, the hop flavor is a lot bolder than what I'm smelling right now. So I'm going to go right into the sip because the nose isn't that notable compared to what I think the flavor will be. All right. Hmm. Maybe it's a flight, but it's not as good as I remember either. <laughs> but what I tasted last time was, you know, this very bright, very hoppy, almost like Imperial Pills type flavor. And I'm not getting too much of that tonight. I get it. Are you? Yeah. Um... I think flight had an effect. I think that the the last beer uh, and the hop, the bitterness that was left over, has an effect on on, mm-hmm. on how you're perceiving it. So I'm trying to break through that, but I definitely taste the brightness there. It's it it is in there. I think if this is the first beer you had of the night, it would be it would be pretty bright. Okay, I'm I'm trying to use a sip or so, you know, palate cleanser to get back there. Um, I don't want to talk about what I remember. I want to talk about what I'm tasting. I mean, so. when you said Imperial Pilsner, that, that struck notes for me very strongly. Okay. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it really is the Zotz Hobbs. It, it's that, uh, it's a very distinct, uh, you know, spicy continental hop it, mm-hmm. it, that is, is really different from your expectations of, of, of a pale ale, you know, for the American style hops, the, your Cascade, your, your Centennial. You're you're getting this this vaguely spicy, vaguely. Um, it, it, it's not. It doesn't remind you of citrus. Mm-hmm. It it kind of goes in a different direction. I'm trying to figure out exactly what that is. So there's a so flowery wise. I'm I'm getting a little bit of Flower, um, yeah. chrysanthemum. Touch of that, but you know there's a spice that goes in there. So it's not sweet and pollen-y, but there's a little bit of chrysanthemum in there. Yeah, maybe dandelion. There's there's something mm-hmm. there's there's flowery notes. It's 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 sort of like a potpourri, but not so flowery. But there's there's definitely there's there's bits of pieces here. I mean, and there's a spiciness too, almost like I don't know, white pepper or something like that. Right, right. I was gonna say pepper. So yeah, it's a, you know it, I'm kind of beside myself because I had this beer over the um, Christmas holiday. My buddy was in town. And 
I'm trying to think, that was probably the first beer I had of the night. And yeah, I remember this thing that was, it wasn't strong like an Imperial Pilsner, but it had that, that juicy zots mm-hmm. that really only manifests itself when you put a ton of zots in, you know, and in no respecting German Pilsner is going to put a ton of zots in. So you don't taste it there. You don't taste it in these Imperial Pilsners and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know tonight I'm tasting a lot more malt, you know, a lot more balanced. I'm tasting a little bit of that flowery spiciness. Tonight tastes more like what the, you mentioned the label says about, you know, American, English pale ale with a Texas twist. I'm not sure where, I don't, from what I know of Texas beers, I'm not tasting a Texas twist, but um, I do taste an English pale ale in this beer. Yeah, I think what's interesting about it is we, you know, we just had a... Um, Fairly, it's hard to say aggressively hop for that beer, but mm-hmm. the, the bitterness was was kind of aggressive as it built, and so I think that you know this this one in twenty ten Great American Beer Fest obviously it was up against a whole bunch of different beers. This obviously has a, as would have stood out. I can see totally why it stands out. It, it, the Zotz hops are way different than than most other pale ales would mm-hmm. do. The the maltiness is is there to to give it a nice balance, but that that zops that brightness is so uh, it, it's really unique and really uh, really puts forward the hops there in a, in a dynamic way. I like it a lot. Forgot to mention at the front of the show, you know, I want to start promoting our affiliate links and stuff a little bit more. Uh, we do have a new affiliate sponsor to Whoa, well. yes. Sponsor. Sponsor. Affiliate link. So if you go to our website, craftbeerradio.com, we have right now three different things you can do for, you know, maybe things you were going to do anyway, and it doesn't cost you any more, and we get a commission on it. If you're going Amazon shopping, and you're not using Basic Brewing Radio's affiliate link, please use ours. Go to craftbeerradio.com. There's a link right there, and you click on that, and anything you buy at Amazon, we get a commission off of that. So I just want, I want to point out... Um, before you continue, mm-hmm. that it it's interesting that you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and they all have started to have little commercials in there. So mm-hmm. I want to apologize on behalf of podcasts in general and us specifically for putting in commercials. But it's one of those things that it's become part of the game. It's part of the game, and you can also donate money. You can also pay us money directly, but if you want to, if you want to. But you know, maybe you're going to spend this money anyway. And if you go directly to Amazon.com, nobody gets that that commission. But you could give it to us if you so choose, right? True. So try to remember to go to our site before you go to Amazon and click the link and you'll give us At the us bottom commission. of the page. Yep. Uh, we also have an affiliate link for Midwest Homebrewing Supply. So if you want to go there and click the link, go to our website and click the link, you can buy stuff from them. And actually, that has a nice little cookie thing. So anything you buy from Midwest Homebrewing Supply for the next five days after you click the link, it's all attributed to us. And then um, everyone needs website hosting, right? Everybody. So we've been using Bluehost.com for a long time. And we pay $6.95 a month. And it's unlimited transfer. I mean, it's... There's like no other service you could host a podcast of our size for $7 a month and not be turned off immediately at the bandwidth that we use. Um, they've been a fantastic uh, provider. And if you sign up for Bluehost or us, we actually get $65. Uh, so if you're looking for website hosting, unlimited domains, unlimited transfer, almost unlimited storage, 
I don't have anything really bad to say. If your website uses, like, if you're using a really inefficient content management system and it uses a lot of CPU, <laughs> you might have issues with it. But if you have a efficient, streamlined website, no complaints. And uh, yeah, so those right. affiliate links there. Back to the beers. <laughs> Let's not make this commercial last for yes. five minutes. Newhag.com and ThinkGeek haven't approved our affiliate links yet. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this beer is significantly different from my recent memory, which it's, I don't know, it just shocks me a little bit, right? Because I generally have this very good recall you of have things I've tasted. And, um, this beer tastes completely different from what I remember, and it's really not that long of a memory. So maybe flight, you know, really makes a difference, in, you know, for this, or at least for me. All right, let's go into this one. This is from our friends at East End Brewing. Curtis, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to do the other one first? That's a porter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. You're right. You're right. You are right. So uh, courtesy of East End Brewing. Um, Scott, give us a spirit. This is misspelt. I don't have any information on this one, other than you, you can get a label. It's a saison it. with spelt in it. Right, so it's got a teacher on the label, so it's... Because the name's misspelt. Misspelt. Get it? All right, this pour Scott is... Scott loves good puns, so... He does. This pour is a... Uh, th this pour is more golden. Golden sort of uh, wheat color. Very clear. Very clear. Definitely a freckle beer. <laughs> this is one of their uh, limited swing top, resealable, returnable bottles. So we'll put the little cap back on there. It's interesting to go from the hoppy, uh, weedy beers we go into into a saison because now you're going into uh, a, a more peaty realm, a more soil-like realm. Slightly. See, see what I'm smelling is I'm well besides the CO2. And actually, look at that! I got a huge head. You, your head, your head fell down already. I'm smelling like a citrus. And actually, what I, th you know, what came into my mind was the miracle fruit. Huh. For some reason, it was like, you know, the Miracle Fruit didn't have much flavor, but it did have a little berry type, you know, acidity to it. Yeah. And and that's what popped in my head. It's a little lemony, but also a little Miracle Fruit. Well, I, I definitely noticed the the, the vague lemony, so more lemongrass than, than, mm -hmm. than lemon, uh, and kind of a, a weedy aroma. But I, I noticed those far off in the distance farmhouse notes okay uh coming from from the east which um i love those are the kind of things that i uh especially look for that this is one of the, I, I love 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 french styles mm -hmm. and uh th this is um, now that my head's falling down a little bit i'm smelling some of that too there's yeah. a yeah it's um oh it's you know, I don't want to go straight with the, the... I don't want to mail it in. I don't want to say it's barnyard yeah. or anything. But what it reminds me of is almost like a, a dirt road or something Yeah, like a muddy that. day, uh, you know, after a rain and, and a little bit of mud is around. And, and um, see, so it, it's not it's not gross. It's just that there's, you know, that there's a... 
there's a bit of a soily note. There's um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's you know newly lined mulch mm, five hundred feet away, and you can you can you're not smelling the you know the poop smell, but you're smelling right. the the growth smell. You're you're smelling a little bit of of plant, along with some spicy notes there too. Yeah, like you know, yeah, a little yeah, there's a little spiciness, but you know, a little dirt road, maybe a little bit of. Um, you know, tossing up some leaves in the forest. You know, right. you see, getting, you're getting the underburden that's under the leaves. You know, things like that. The more I smell it, the more I'm getting a certain spicy zing to it, almost like a continental hop or something like that. But you know, who knows? It was spelt. I'm not even too familiar with spelt. Do you know what spelt is? It's a grain, right? I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a grain. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if only we had a tool at our fingertips to figure out what spelt <laughs> is. This and, was, and I type spelt into Google, and it comes up with spelling city. No, that's not what I want. So there's uh, give this a give this a taste because um, oh, first of all, this spelt teacher... is also known as dinkle wheat or hauled wheat, and is a hexaploid species of wheat. So it's a it's a six row wheat. Look at that, and uh, spelt was an important staple in parts of Europe from the Bronze Age to medieval times and now survives as a relicit? I don't even know what relicit means. Okay, so I want to point out that on the label here, um, the the teacher uh, is, is a very um, stern-looking but uh, probably very attractive redhead. Oh, it's a... It's a <laughs> So this was made by um, Wayno, right? Um, comic book artist, yeah, Wayno. He does a lot of the East End Brewing labels, and uh, yeah, I, I suppose she is attractive for a comic book person with the ugly horn rim glasses on. Right. But yeah, I mean, spelling teachers are stern, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, Miss Spelt is going to be stern. Notice it's not Mrs. Spelt, so maybe you can. <laughs> That would ruin the pun of misspelt. Yes, but I'm what I'm saying is that if you can, you know, if you can manage to to make misspelt be less stern, get her feminine side. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being goofy. There's a really interesting and unique aspect to this that I'm just trying to put together because this is not your typical saison. There's some. There's a very very strong, distinct flavor here that's not. Because when I when I think stays stays on, I think so, kind of I think kind of a, a mash of, of interesting flavors. So what I am tasting, together. I I've had had the opportunity to have things like buckwheat pancakes and whatnot, and I'm ah, getting like uh, yes buckwheat or something. So spelt may have a lot of buckwheat type characters. Yes, to it. I I totally agree. I think that um because yeah it's it's a wow that that's a really great call, really great call. I'm totally into that. It's just another kind of wheat that is not popular because it has funky taste, right? Yeah. So for people that have never had buckwheat, what does it taste like? It's it's weird, right? It's um, it's almost a little solventy. It's almost wow. How else would you put that? It's it's bitter. It's um, kind of like quinine. It's got like um. Like a little bit of a tonic water kind of yeah, flavor. I to mean, it. There's, you know, there's a bitterness. You know, maybe this is kind of a reach, but kind of like kale. You know, there's a little bit of kale bitterness to it. 
the the aftertaste of celery. Um, yeah, I can see those sort of things vaguely reminiscent mm-hmm. of it, but not quite there. Um, maybe kale mixed with apple. Maybe you know something okay. along those lines. You mix some fruit with that, and yeah, it, it's. But if you if you think buckwheat, it looks a lot like wheat. This is this right side here. Go to Wikipedia for spelt. Um, this is dinkle spelt with husks, and this is with it hauled. So this is just the dinkle spelt. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't let Greg pass up a dinkle joke, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Peter Dinklage better watch out. It's fascinating, though. This a uh, lot of flavors you don't get in beers normally here, especially with the buckwheat. Yeah, you know, I have some buckwheat honey upstairs, but I haven't really used it too much yet. I'm curious. I, I haven't had it enough to know what it tastes like to use it as an. If it presents this kind of flavor, it'd be hard to pick exactly what to put it in because it's mm-hmm. also then hard. It's a, it's a really dark honey. It's like a dark brown. Yeah, and and it'd be hard to. It might be okay for you, but not necessarily for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, it's a fascinating. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is really interesting. I I actually, um, you know, the first when I first tasted it was like. What the heck is that? What is that going on there? And it does kind of drown out the other flavors. I mean, of if people saison. are thinking saisons and whatnot, they might actually think, "Oh, it's some kind of spoilage or sulfuriness, mm-hmm. right?" You know, not thinking about the spelt. You know, this is almost one. You know, the flavors that I'm tasting. It reminds me of the um, when Sam Adams did the deconstructed latitude, where uh-huh. some of the beers were not that good. You know, some of the beers were not commercially viable, right? But it was awesome to be able to see what a single hopped Anantham beer tasted like, right? You know, this is the same kind of thing. It's like... Kind of, sort of, but I, I also spelt think... Spelt is... I, I just can't see a lot of people loving the buckwheat flavors in here. I really do think there's a really decent Saison underneath there. Well, sure, sure. But I can't see people loving the spelt flavors. No, no, I agree with you that the, the spelt makes it kind of off from a Saison. But, you know, if, when you you know have a little bit more of it and you can sort of divorce the spelt from the sun, the saison itself is actually really mm-hmm. it's quite good and and, and subtle, um, and it probably would be you know without the spelt um, and maybe with some some something it maybe would be a little too too low temperature I guess on its own so it may need some extra mm-hmm. you know, hop augmentation or grain augmentation but. By temperature, you mean like saturation? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. I, I don't mean yeah. ac- you know, you don't yeah. mean. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what you meant, and I'm like, you know, I, 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 you know sure, I got you now. Um, I mean, my my opinion on this is, um, I think it's a beer geek beer. Yeah. I think you yes. know you'll want to. It's worth tasting. It's not bad. It's a fascinating flavor. Would the average Joe order a pint of this, not knowing what they're getting, and love it? No, no, <laughs> no. If they're not Absolutely expecting, not. hey, let, if they're not saying, I want to try a spelt beer, if they don't say that first, they're not going to like this. They're if I be, didn't know they're there was really spelt confused. in it, I might think it was off. I mean, you you have to have knowledge about this beer to really, I think, enjoy it. And unless you're just you love buckwheat, <laughs> Ote crazy for buckwheat. <laughs> You know, so it's going to be hard to figure out, like, 
how do I rank it? Do I love it on the, you know, do I rank it on the beer geek factor where I'm like, oh, it's fascinating as all get out, you know, high ranking, or do I say, ooh, very limited audience, moderate ranking? It's hard to say. Rank it how you want to rank it. That's I know, we'll choice. have to see. It's your choice, Wapner. All right, so the last beer. So live to tape causes some problems. I wanted that to start after I cracked the can. I wanted oh. the music to come like out well, of the can. You pointed to me, and so yeah. I wanted you to get ready. So right. live to tape messes things up. But this is the Marooned on Hog Island. This is an oyster stout, a new can from Twenty First Amendment. So that was, of course, Blue Oyster Cult with Duffy and everybody, and so. with lots of cowbell. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay, so. Okay, 7.9% alcohol by volume. They call the cover color Midnight Black. They forgot the I in Midnight, so it's Midnight Black. Midnight. Is there an apostrophe in there? No. No. Oh, um, it is bittered with Magnum and Willamette, another Magnum beer. It is a top fermenting ale yeast that they will not disclose. It is malted with, are you ready for this? Get your Get your pencils ready. Pale, crystal, rolled oats, carafa, Chocolate and white wheat, chocolate malt and white wheat. So, there's your malt. That is a that's a loaf of bread and a half right there. And your special ingredients are Hog Island Sweetwater Oyster Shells. This is matured on the shells of the oyster, which is as as we were talking about before the show, probably how all oyster shells. No, not all, but it, it's probably the majority of the oyster stuff character yeah. comes from the shells, not the goopy little muscles inside the yeah. shells. But the Scooby Little, you know, why would you waste those delicious oh, oysters God, in the beer so when you could just eat them and then the shells are garbage, make beer on the shells? I mean, that makes much more sense. It's much more economical, in my opinion, than, you know, actually putting the oysters in the beer. I know there are people who, who dislike oysters, and I, I think... They're just bad people. I think it's a texture thing. I think it's it's people who just dislike kind of a, a, the vaguely slimy slash kind of... Not mealy, but... Uh, squishy kind of texture that goes in there uh, because I, I can't imagine really disliking the flavor It's unless you just absolutely hate seafood, which hmm. some people do. But it's just, oh, it's so good. So I had this beer. I bought a four-pack. They have these sexy little four-pack holders that are cute little cubes and whatnot. And uh, Heather actually picked it up for me. She's like, she's like, there's this beer here. It's... um. Marooned on Hog Island. I'm like, what the hell is that? And she's like, 21st Amendment. And I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, yes, get that. So I'm smelling it here. It reminds me of some of my homebrews that have a little bit of acetone infection on it. I smell a little, little bit of nail polish remover. It makes me sad. And I smelled it the other day in the other can. I don't know if I agree with you there. Maybe it's oysters and oats and stuff all coming together to be that, but it it's a it's it's something that I have tasted in my beers as a flaw. And well, I haven't, I, I haven't tasted I, it yet. And when I smell it here, I'm like, oh, damn it! It doesn't it smell reminds me of my crappy beer. Me, it smells dirty, dirty in a good way. Dirty and there's a lot of stuff in it. Now, when I take a sip, I don't get, I don't taste acetone. So maybe it's just unfortunate the aroma has that, you know, character to me. When I taste it, I get, 
you know, there's a certain mineraliness. I, you know, I have to think that's from the oyster shells, all sure. that calcium, calcium carbonate yeah. or whatever. You know, you get a certain mineraliness to it. And then there's also the oats and the the white wheat. It's um, it, and and it the, the it presents itself with a the mouth feels velvety or, or silky. It's it's got this uh, mm-hmm. and salt. There's a salt, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a, a uh, is it a goes. Yeah, there's a little salt. I mean, you wonder, are these freshwater oysters or saltwater oysters? You know, probably saltwater oysters. The, I was reading the little story on the label, and they talk about how, I assume some of this is, you know, tips about, like, where the oyster farm is, right? And they say um, that they were ship, shipwrecked on a tiny island. Uh, where was that? In... Tomales Bay. So I'm assuming that's where the oyster farm is. And they had a feast with the oyster farmers with roast pig and fresh waka, oysters. Waka, waka, and, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's marketing all, speak. It's all marketing. It's basically, it's Sean O'Sullivan and... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. Everyone's yelling at the radios right now. Like, how can you forget the other partner of 21st Amendment? Uh, I got his last name here. It's uh, Freshia. It's um, Dick. No, John. It's, no, it's it's not an American name. It's Siam. It's like Italian or something. Tyrion. Oh, I feel so bad. Uh, as soon as I see it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, you dummy." Mm. There's a. Uh... I can definitely pick up the oyster shells. Whether I can pick up the actual flavor of oyster is a mm-hmm. different question, uh, and I I would say no. Um, I would say that's not not necessarily bad. I don't know if I've ever had a great oyster salad. I've had ones that I liked, but I don't know if I've ever had a great oyster stout, and this included. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like oh, I can't think of his name. I think it's. Re- Ah, I wish I had a producer to to do my googling for me. I'm going to focus on the beer. If you can find Shauna Sullivan's partner's name, it's uh, All right. be great. So they had a party with the oyster guys and made this beer. That's Nico Freckia. What's that? Nico. 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 That's it. Boy, I'm much better than Jeff at Google. <laughs> yes. I like this. I mean, from the flavor, I'm not smelling any of that acetone that I smelled. Um, I smelled it in two cans in a row. It must be just a byproduct of yeah. of those ingredients. It's, it's not there. There's no acetone here. There's there's. Yeah. It just it smells like some of my bad home brews. It's just it dirty. It's sad. it's just there's there's stuff in there. It's kind of like I mean it, it's it's a more ex, it's more expressive than the saison, but it's kind of like that that there's. Um, there's biological stuff in there more than. It's it's this is a so the stout. I want to get into some of the flavors because I was too tied up on Nico's name and and other things. It's not very roasty. It tastes tastes almost imperial. So what I mean by that is it's not really hot, but you're getting a little bit of. How do I don't want to. You know what. I'm being confused. It tastes a little, the oatmeal is confusing me with that. So I'm getting a little bit of slickness from the oats, getting you know some of that um, mineraliness from the shells. I like the flavor here, but it's it's an interesting 
stout flavor because it's not roasty, it's not raisiny, it's chalky is not a good word because it's that's a pejorative. It's like an overpowering flavor, but there's a little bit of that calcium, you know, mineral type character. Yes, yeah. Um, but not really chalky. Uh, it's hard to describe. I think it's a good drinker. I mean, you you know, you said like, you know, you haven't had a great uh, oyster stout. This included, I don't, yeah, great. Right. I don't know if I call this great. I call, I call it good. It's no, it's decent and and, and you know, yeah, good. I, I mm-hmm. think I think it's a it's a nice drinker. It's got it's got a good flavor to it. There are some things about it that mm, I can see drinking a, a couple of these and being pretty satisfied, but I just don't see this as being like. And mm, you know, this whoa. would. Oh, yeah, I mean, you drink this in like every couple sips, you get it a different angle, and you get it. You the one angle that's most fascinating, the one that's like. It, it it smells, it tastes, it just reminds you of eating oysters on a half shell. You get that certain mineraliness. You you know, it's the it's the salty brine that's you know right. in with yeah. the oyster. You get that flavor and um a little bit of the sea. Mm-hmm. There's a little yeah. bit of, of ocean in here. And and I think that's where the distinctiveness comes in. There's a little bit of a goza in here. Or goes or whatever. However mm-hmm. it's pronounced. Goza. Yeah. So there's there's a there's yeah there's a brininess here there's a you know again a, an alive flavor a flavor of of, of protein there's something mm-hmm. more than just what you would typically get from from these beers. It's better than Fireside Chat. It's not as good as Monk's Blood. That's where it ranks in the Twenty mm-hmm. First Amendment uh, <laughs> lineup. Okay, well you know um, I expect. That you all know what time this is. It's the ranking time. Oh, Wapner is going to put forth his judgment. Definitely Wapner. Definitely. Okay. Jeff, you're up. All right, so... I expect our rankings to differ this time. (laughs) If you have a, a vague rec- idea of where your rankings are, you should go first, because I don't. Okay, uh, then I will, because I do. All right, Jeff, you type, I will say. My number one beer is Summertime Wheat. I know that's a little bit uh, strange, because it's the first beer, and it was uh, wasn't quite super... What you expect uh, from a wheat ale, but I really liked where it was taking it. I, I liked the the dimension of the extra maltiness, and sort of a a bit of um, caramel or molassesy thing around it. Mm, very enjoyable, uh, really, really good. I, I would say that was probably the one that I would that if that I, I think that you should seek out the most. Mm, and it really does get kind of hard. Mm, probably the Rio. Uh, Blanco Pale Ale from Real Ale is, is next. Uh, it's the that Zotz bit of, uh, in a Pale Ale is not something you expect, and it really does change the the way you perceive the malt and the way you perceive the hops in a Pale Ale. I really did like that a lot. 
Okay, next. The buckwheat has me intrigued. <laughs> the misspelt. There's flavors there that not everyone's going to like, and I just have to say that right off the bat. So, if- so not everyone. You mean every person who goes to a bar or every beer geek? Not every beer geek. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be probably it's probably a bit of a of a divisive thing for some people. Uh, in the same way that you know people love arrogant pastor and I don't. Uh, there's there's something about this though that is really intriguing, and I think that if you like that sort of buckwheaty flavor, that uh, that slightly solventy, like you said, flavor um, with a decent saison underneath it, I, I think it really does work, and and I think that also. Maybe if if uh, if we got a little bit more of that saison without the spell, like I'd love to taste that too. Marooned on Hog Island is next. Uh, I liked it, I really did, but I didn't love it. And I also think that it's you know it's to me the saltiness is even sort of a little bit more off putting than the spell, and and sort of like the the dirtiness of it. Now it's good, I, I do enjoy it, but. There's something it's it's not quite for me as good as a spell. Then uh, the buffalo butt, which was just it didn't have the right notes to it. It was kind of bland in some ways. It had that aqueous note, and then it also was it had the bitterness that built up and and kind of made it off putting in, in both those ways. Okay, so I listened to you do your rankings. I'm not sure that helped me at all. <laughs> I didn't expect them to. Like I said, I, I expect our, our rankings to be different this time. I am tormented. I'm going to have to start from the bottom and just do this process of elimination thing. All right. I normally like doing it from the top, right? But tonight I don't have a clear favorite. Uh, so from process of elimination, Buffalo Butt is going to be the fifth place beer. Um, that aqueousness... Um, it, it just, it just was, uh, I don't know. It just wasn't all the beer it could be. Right. Right. And, you know, it was, and actually the thing that was most potent was that bitterness and it actually, you know, got a little overpowering towards the end. So not so much. Number four. And this is where it's like, like this tonight I'm having a problem. I'm just talking through my my problems. Maybe some people will find it interesting. I'm having, like, which lens do I use to rank the beers, right? Because there's different ways I could do it. Like, the whole thing about the misspelt is, do I rank it high because it's fascinating? Or do I rank it low because not everyone's going to like those weird flavors, you know? And... So, like, that, that... But that's not the only lens, you know? There's other lenses, like... Like... Do I rank the Rio Blanco that I tasted tonight or the one I tasted a couple weeks ago? You know, it's like, I think I have to do the one I tasted tonight. Well, well, taking, okay, taking a cue from Comedy Bang Bang, for the misspelt, would you say it's either, would you say it's mustard or pants? Mustard or pants? I I don't listen to Comedy Bang Bang, so I'm not sure what that means. Mustard or pants? I would say it's mustard. Okay, as opposed to pants. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I would agree that it's probably mustard but i think the maroon on hog island is probably pants um okay so pants tonight everyone is making a very <laughs> subjective you know categorization of what pants are this is that's that, the point that's the point exactly that's the so joke. so rio blanco is pants is pants 
and uh, Miss Bell. Oh, for is, you, Rio Blanco is pants. No, for pants. me, Rio Blanco is mustard. See, for me, it's pants. Miss um, Bell is mustard. I would say the other ones are mustard as well. I would give the uh, summertime weed a mustard, and I would give the Hog Island a mustard. No, summertime weed is kind of pants. Hmm. See, I'm, now I'm trying to figure out what Greg means by pants, because it's not what uh-huh. I mean by pants. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's something about this mustard and pants thing. Yep. I like this. All right, so back to Craft Beer Radio reality. We've got the five. The four, I'm going to do the Rio Blancos for tonight. Yep. The Rio Blanco that I tasted a couple weeks ago would have been almost number one. I, I don't know. I can't account for that. Discrepancy. So that 1.23, something like that. Yeah. I did. I can't account for that discrepancy yeah. tonight. Um, three. Next one to be chopped. Oh, and it's getting really hard. And like I said, do I chop? It depends on the lens. And then it also depends. Okay, enjoyability. Enjoyability. I'm going to chop the misspelt. I really was fascinated by the spelt beer. But enjoyability, I think I dug the other two beers a little bit better. Number two. Number two. Um, oh, it's a virtual tie. I'm going to put. Which one was more drinkable? I'm going to put. The summertime wheat second and the hog island first. So, oh, uh, you know, I didn't like the nose so on mustard the... then pants. Well, from my perspective, uh, well, yeah, from your perspective, <laughs> I thought they were both mustard. Okay, um, but I, I really like mustard, mm. except for yellow mustard. I don't like yellow mustard. It's not about all. that. <laughs> of course, it's not because <laughs> it's so. It's the most obscenely subjective thing ever. Um, the hog island. Which is, this is almost a dichotomy in itself. I did not like the aroma. The aroma tasted mm. acetone and spoiled to me. The flavor had none of that. And I really dug a, a very unique tasting stout. I mean, it, it's, if you said, name another stout that tastes close to Hog Island. No, <laughs> I, I don't have any. Even other like Yards Love Stout. No, it doesn't taste like it. You know, I don't. I, I don't have anything. Expedition kind of tastes sort of similar. Well, when I was the licorice a while yeah. back, where I was talking about how it tasted a little imperial. Maybe that's where I was going. It had some of that, but it had so much other stuff too. Yeah, no, it, it, it's <laughs> that tastes like it and is aged on oyster shells. You know, there's there's all this, all these components, but and, the aftertaste is somewhat similar to Expedition from Bell's. Did you ever expect to have an oyster stout in a can? I don't see why not. It's one of those things you just don't expect. Like, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects an oyster stout in a can. Why does nobody expect the Spanish Inquisition? It's those damn fluffy cushions. I don't know. It's too mustard. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. In the gazebo with the candlestick holder. So, summertime wheat, your description of your number one beer? No, no, no. That was number two. Number two. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of just blew past that. It, it, it was good. It just didn't. It didn't. Um, it, it just didn't cross the finish line first. I, I thought the. I thought the flavor of the um, Hog Island was just fascinating, and I really so many things to look at. So many Apologize. good, uh, neat things there. 
I just dug it. Well, so there is your conclusion and your 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 grand story. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo yeah. butt is it, the tr- <laughs> it's the butt. Yeah, Buffalo butt is is your big loser, and the winner is well, it's what you decide. So until next time, I don't know what Greg's gonna play here. So oh. What will we get next? I think this means we're all dead. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, and click on our affiliate links. If you would like. They're at the bottom of the page. They are. Uh, if you want to contact us, we have an email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. We have Twitter. That's at Craft Beer Radio, and we have at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. We are on Facebook. We are on Google+. Plus. We are... Uh, We're just on. Stuff. We're on all the time. We exist. We do. All right, and we hope you. you do, too. And uh, that's it. See you next time. Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>